You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Kara Cooper. And I'm Jessica Rush. Today's guest is a Tony and Drama Desk nominee. She originated the roles of Tina Denmark in the cult favorite Ruthless, the musical, and Amber Von Tussle in Hairspray. But perhaps you know her best for bringing Elle Woods to life on stage when she starred in Legally Blonde on Broadway. You may also know her from television's Anger Management or one of the over 100 TV shows she's appeared on. She is a prolific songwriter, director, producer, and recently added podcaster to her resume, launching Women of Tomorrow here on BPN, a podcast based on the album of the same name, which just released its first single, Get It Girl, You Go. She is shouting from the rooftops about the inequalities that women still face today and what we can do to change that. I'm tired just talking about everything she does. Oh, and she's a mom, the amazing Laura Bell Bundy. Welcome, Laura Bell. Hello. Bell. Oh, nice to see you. LBB in the house. Yeah. Yeah, LBB in her house. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Everybody in their house. <laughs> Everybody exactly. in their own house. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, uh, Laura Bell, we always start off asking everyone, you know, to tell us about their child or their children, because as we know, it's not usually a topic that we get asked a lot about. So will you tell us about your son? Well, it's definitely a top a topic we want to talk about. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, my son's name is Huck H- Huck so Wayne cool. Thomas Hinkle. He was uh, born May twentieth, two thousand nineteen. So he he just turned seventeen months. Oh my God, he's so tiny. He's yeah, he's girl. a baby. Oh. Um, but you know, he's 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 a full in toddler mode. You know. Uh, he started to now run because it was walking and now he's like, he's got a little bit more oomph in that walk. And, uh, he's, he's, you know, he's testing his boundaries and he's saying some words and they're really cute. And what he chooses to say is adorable. And he just started saying, I love you too. Oh, it's the best. But it sounds like I love you. And he says, 
Da-do-do too. <laughs> um, I'm like, what? It's all worth it. Uh-huh. It's all worth it. All of it. I know. Um, and then you try to like hold on to the way they say things, right? When they're little. It's like Elliot can say her L. So she would, when people would ask her name, she would say, Elliot, Elliot. And then all of a sudden one day she said, Elliot. And it, you're not expecting it. You think they're going to say these things that way forever, you know, and like be so sweet. And then when they figure it out, you think, oh no, go back to the other one. Just just one last time. I didn't know. Yeah. I had that a little bit with bedtime. Like <laughs> for a while there, he just needed to be rocked to sleep and he would just be all nuzzled in me. And it was like, okay, this is taking way too, way too long to get you in the crib. And I put you in the crib and you cry. And, like, and the whole sleep training thing is, you know, uh, was, was difficult. And finally it, it, it ended up working out. But then the second he's like, independent and like, I'm good. Night, night. Um, I don't need you anymore. In fact, I, I want to get in the crib. Then I was like, no, wait, 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 wait. Last night was the last night I had. Right. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't ready for that. I think breastfeeding is a little bit like that too. When you're like, oh my God, I'm so over this and the pumps and the cleaning and the thing and the waking up and the, and then you're like, wait, it's over that. Mm -hmm. I was actually getting something from that, uh, that connection with my son and the hormones that kind of flow and the prolactin and all this stuff. And like, Oh, it's over. I didn't know this was my last show. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You, there's a lot kind of comes, you know, all the things you want to do on your last show. Right. But you don't get to do that. Uh, cause it's just over because of which is the way everybody felt when their shows closed during quarantine. But the same thing happens with motherhood. You're like, I didn't know that was going to be the last time. I'm yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hate to break it to you, Larval, but there just, are a lot more of those coming. Oh, I know. I'm sure. There's a meme that's going around. Like you don't know the last time you're going to carry your child. Oh yeah. Like, you, ne- you don't know the last time like, you're going to like, you put them down for the last time. Put them down for the last time. I get like, <laughs> I could weep just thinking about it, even though like my seven-year-old is so heavy. I'm like, I'll still pick you up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about a little bit, we're kind of going in that direction. Um, you have always been someone that I've known. You just always have your hand in a million different things. Like you're so creative and your energy is so spontaneous and, and let's do this and let's do that. And yes, 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 yes. And I wonder how becoming a mother affected that, affected your productivity, your ability to be creative and do all the things that you do. You kind of hint at it in your podcast. You talk about the mental load, but Mm -hmm. I wonder if that was a big adjustment for you because it's something Jessica and I definitely adjusted to or are still struggling with, Um, but neither of us have our hand in as many things as you do. So I just wonder what that is like for you. Well, time, right? Like your time is no longer your own and your, um, your, your freedom to just, yeah, spontaneously commit to something or be who you have been to other people. It, it, it changes. So I think a lot of prioritizing happened. I think some necessary prioritizing happened for me in terms of, okay, which projects and commitments do I really care about enough 
that they're going to take me away from my child or they're going to wreak havoc on my life because I can't juggle it all. What is a priority? And really asking myself what that was, who I wanted to be as an artist, what things I wanted to commit to and not commit to was something that I think needed to happen. Um, But even the things that I wanted to get done, even the things that I wanted to commit to were really hard to get done. And I still struggle with it right now. It's like, and I'm going to struggle with it forever, I think, because there's going to be other new elements like, oh, now he's going to be playing sports and I'm going to be taking him around or he's decided he wants to have dance classes and I'm sitting in a parking lot for two and a half hours. Like, you know, there's going to be those elements that I'm, you know, not, not living right now, but what, you know, what are the choices that I'm making? And, um, I definitely experienced the mental load for sure. The amount of things that I didn't realize that you're thinking about once you've had a baby, I, I, I couldn't believe how full my brain was with all the minutia uh-huh. of like, yeah, you know, <laughs> like, and also what needs to be done before one thing. Mm -hmm. so that this horrible thing doesn't happen. Like I mentioned on the podcast, like for me, it was always shutting the curtains before bringing the baby to nap because the dogs would bark at every Amazon delivery and every everything. And if I didn't shut them, he would wake up, then he would wake up and we would have a domino effect of a horrible day that would lead to this other thing. Or I need to put the baby down strap on the ergo baby. Where am I going to put the baby down? Then put the baby back up so I can go into the bathroom and take a shit. (laughs) (laughs) These were all the things that need to happen before you're having a turtle head. (laughs) 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 Okay. I'm like, that is a mom truth, honey. It's so real though. Plan and prepare for uh, a bowel movement is like, um, I'm sure nobody really wants to talk about that, but like, you know, all these are the things that have the wipes ready before you take the diaper off. Yes. Yes. I have a couple of them out. And you can't always, you know, mitigate disaster. Like sometimes it just happens. I mean, I full disclosure, I vividly remember nursing my son on the toilet and having to <laughs> Literally, it sometimes like it's caused that like that reaction in my body, and I was like, uh, uh, uh. So literally, he's attached to me, and that is happening. Like you just sometimes you just have to go with it. But <laughs> there, I had never been so happy to have an additional set of arms. Like, oh, I like listen. If you were delivering groceries, I'd be like, come on in. Can you hold the baby for a minute? No, I was just like, you know, can I just get another set of hands? Um just to to have it. But yes, the the things on my mind were really intense. And when you, um, as an actor, you're trying to memorize lines, that's really hard. Um, but I think it's even harder when you are a writer, uh, because there has to be some blank space to allow the inspiration to come in. And as a songwriter, I really, really struggled with it. And it took me a long time to get back on the horse in terms of, uh, finishing up an album and finishing those things and, um, and, and having the room. So it's not just your schedule of your daily life and, and the room in there. Uh, it's the, it was the room in your head. And, um, so I actually ended up, I knew, uh, maybe three, you know, 
four months, when he was three, four months, I was like, something's got to give here. Mm-hmm. Something has to give in terms of my ability to get things done in the one hour I have. Mm-hmm. I have to be really intentional. So I started making lists. I started to do this thing called, I, I made a year plan. What do I want to accomplish in a year? And then, okay, in that year plan, if I'm going to hit that year goal, what am I going to accomplish in six weeks? And if those are the six weeks, what am I going to accomplish this week to get to that six weeks? And if if I'm going to accomplish this by the end of this week, what am I doing today? And if I'm going to accomplish this today, at what hour today am I going to accomplish it? I had to really do some the same type of forward thinking planning that I was doing for my son, I needed to do for myself and my own productivity. And then I needed someone that to be accountable for to, to. So I would send this off to a friend and say, Hey, this is my six week plan. I'm going to send you what I accomplished this week at the end of the week. And you know what else I would do? I was like, how can I get stuff done? Well, I have a car and I live in LA, but you know what? I'm going to take an Uber to Santa Monica today and I'm going to get some work done in the back of the Uber <laughs> yeah. in an hour and a half. I don't have a baby in my hands and I got a computer in my lap. Yep. And that is what I did. I Ubered back and forth and I got two hours of work done. And yes, I spent 40 bucks to get there and and uh, and get back. But I also took real advantage of my time and of the time that I had a nanny because it's not just the cost of a nanny. It's getting the nanny there and to commit to the time that they're going to be at your house. And that is a luxury. Mm-hmm. And so um, I also had to have something give in January after, you know, he was seven, eight months where I was like, I don't think it's fair for my husband to go to work every day, Monday through Friday, nine to five. And I'm home with the baby. And he said it was longer than nine to five too, because he was, you know, having to do after work dinners and drinks things and all kinds of everything added. Living the life. <laughs> yeah. And, and granted, I'm so happy that like we could actually kind of, I could be home with Huck to an extent. Um, but there was, also this thing that was like, hey, at what point is your productivity and creativity and ability to make money more valuable than mine? Mm-hmm. And I'm, while of course I'm the woman and I'm nursing and so there's some automatic things that just come with the territory, um, I didn't necessarily sign up for, for making my productivity and creativity second. And so I just decided that I was going to need more days of childcare than the two and a half days. And the nanny saying to me, um, I can't come at nine today. I have to come at noon or I have to leave early because blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I was like, I need some consistency. I need to find someone that's consistent and I don't need to guilt myself and make myself feel like I'm not a good mom because I'm adding an extra day or two of childcare. But I still do. There's not a moment. I'm going to tell you right now. There's not a moment. I don't feel guilty. There is not. I'm I'm doing, I'm either feeling guilty because I'm not with my kid because I'm working or I'm feeling guilty because, um, I'm not getting the work done that everybody is waiting for because I'm being a mom or, or and and a partner. 
Um, or I'm not giving to my husband because I'm having to stay up super late at night because I'm trying to get my work done, or I'm taking money out of our mutual account to pay a babysitter so that I can have a career which is consisting of auditions I'm doing for free and virtual performances is that everybody's asking for for free. Yeah. Right. right. And, and what you didn't mention in there was time for you. Right. It right. doesn't involve then, the actual working. Right. So they, then we go, is work my time or is work work? Like for me, I think I feel lucky enough to know that my, my artistic and creative de- endeavors f- are sustaining me energetically and emotionally and spiritually. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but sometimes they are draining and I do need some other form of rejuvenation. Um, which often consists of hanging out with a girlfriend and drinking a glass of wine. Um, Fabulous. I mean, it's like Lennon Doyle said in Untamed. I mean, I don't know if you've read it yet, but it's, you know, she's so brilliant, but she said, who decided that to be a mother was to be a martyr? Because we don't, that's a very real thing. We carry it. But also so much of it is built into society. Like you're talking about why is your husband's work more valuable than your work? Well, we live in a society where men's work is more valuable than women's work and they make more money. So it's already like built into the structure of what's around us. So it's it's like a battle from the get-go. It's a battle from the time you come out as a a woman, Um, you know, but there is this internal, this guilt and innate martyrdom that you feel when you become a, a mom. I, and I just, I don't know how to battle that on the daily. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Right. I mean, this is, it's been like this forever, right? Society puts it on us. We put it on ourselves. It's a very real thing. And I think that is why, for instance, your podcast, Laura Bell, Women of Tomorrow, which is so awesome. You're such a warrior for women's rights, for mothers, for the working artist mother. I feel like you really, I don't know you like Kara knows you, you know, we haven't worked together. So like, I don't know if that part of you was always there, but you seem to have this drive politically for equality. Um, and 
I love Women of Tomorrow. We've both listened to the first episode. Y'all, it's here on the Broadway Podcast Network, so (laughs) check it out. But it was born, uh, I just want to read to you, it says, out of the ashes of the 2016 presidential election came the most powerful women's movement since the 1970s. Women's voices raised in unity to express their fear over losing all they had fought for and their desire for equal rights. Each episode features a song that sets the stage for our topics, such as breaking the glass ceiling, doing it all, equal pay, obsession with social media, the list goes on and on and on the mental load and what it means to be quote a good guy it's it's so crazy because it was born out of the 2016 election and here we are right <laughs> leading up to yet another election and so much of this is still on the ballot so much of this is still prescient and even more so i mean with the amy coney barrett <clears throat> nomination for the Supreme Court that's happening with regard to like women's rights and Roe v. Wade and all the things. But how did this come to be? I mean, how did you, you know, birth this baby? I just felt an inner calling. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of it was just coming from like disbelief (laughs) Um, and total shock and confusion about, uh, I thought I was like, have I been living under a rock? up until this point where I don't see the double standard and it just like, it just totally hit me. Um, It was during the 2016 election when you saw this, maybe the most qualified candidate we've ever had who happened to be a woman um, being scrutinized for um, her laugh or her makeup or her smile or she was smiling too much or not smiling enough or what she was wearing and this and that and the other and not being uh, and then this person who has had no experience not being scrutinized, you know, it, it was just, it, it was overwhelming to me, the double standard in terms of how they were treated and what was acceptable and what's not acceptable. And, um, and here we were very hopeful that we would finally have a female president. And we realized, wow, uh, we got a wow. pretty, se- we got a pretty sexist, country, it's really hard. And I know a lot of people didn't like Hillary and some people would say, oh, I just don't like Hillary. So I'm not voting for her. And often I'm like, what don't you like? Mm -hmm. Tell me about her. Tell me what you don't like about her. And can you tell me all the things that she's done and not done? Can you do a little research about that and figure out why you don't like her? And it's not just her cackle. Can you tell me about her policy? Yeah. Tell me about her policy. Don't, don't you like um, so I, so there were things like that. Like I, I was just like, whoa, whoa. I was just overwhelmed. And then I think everybody else was too. It wasn't oh, just yeah. me. It was a collective. It was a collective. Oh yeah. And- no, it was like a massive breakdown that night. And I remember saying to my husband, you don't get it. Like, I know you're one of the good dudes and you understand women and our rights and the fight that we're having. But here you have this person who has said the things he has said, who is clearly, <laughs> um, there's the list goes on and on of all the traits about him that are awful. And he said these words and yet people still chose him over this woman, how that feels to be a woman and see that that is happening. And the, see, that's the choice that we're making. Yeah. Um, you know, that and, and a, a number of other things, you know, you, you, you see all of his tweets and the way that he talks about women and, and it's, it's um, it's it's all objectifying, mm-hmm. um, and so it 
uh, so when you're a woman and you're thinking you, your rights are on the line because uh, you're often your rights are on the line when a Republican is a president, you're you're also it's almost doubling down on a person who's literally speaking openly about the fact that he's he would grab a woman by the P star SSY. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, I gotta tell you. So so when this election happened and everybody was moving towards the women, and I'm thinking double standards, I think. Ooh, because this is the creative part of me that's like loves puns. I'm like double standards, two women singing a jazz standard, all in the name of women's rights. We're gonna do an album. So I think I'm gonna put an album together and I posted like a fake album cover and was like, who's with me? I mean, I had like Megan Hilty and Laura Benanti and uh, Julianne Huff, Harvey Firestein, Matt Morrison. They're like, I'm in. So so then it turned into this concert that I did in 2017 at the town hall where Broadway stars uh, and pop stars, comedians, two women would come together and sing a duet on a jazz standard. And we raised money for women's rights and women's health, which at the time it was um, ACLU, uh, Planned Parenthood, and National Breast Cancer Coalition. And believe it or not, they're all connected because many people get their mammograms from Planned Parenthood and ACLU was protecting the rights of Planned Parenthood. So it was all connected. So anyway, so we did this event. We raised over $100,000. It sold out. And one of the things that I did during this event was um, work on intros and pull bits and of information about women's history. And there were some things I was not aware of. Like it was not until 1974 that a woman could not open a credit card Mm -hmm. without the permission of her husband or father, or it wasn't until 1993 that uh, rape was illegal in a marriage in all 50 states. (laughs) There were things that I was like, this is real close to this time. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, if I don't know this, and I'm a fairly educated person, how many other people don't know this? And other women don't know this. And so I began to dig into our history, and then I put together a women's history sketch comedy television show that I sold to Freeform and wrote a pilot about women's history. So at the same time, I decided everybody was like, you got to make an album about double standards. And instead of just doing originals, I mean, instead of doing covers, I wanted to do originals because I'm a songwriter. And so all of it kind of happened together and it just became my big passion. And as I got into the women's history, I became more and more and more and more passionate about our place in the world and, um, and actually how strong women are and how powerful women are and what we've been able to do. Um, but and also I became overwhelmed with how difficult it was to find women's history. I would go on the history channel to see if there was any documentaries about women. And you know, it's like all ancient aliens, which aren't even fucking real. And <laughs> that's history. I'm like so confused. So, but the only woman that they like to talk about is Cleopatra, and they sexualize her. Of course. And you know what? Turns out she was kind of frumpy. <laughs> she, <laughs> But she had a magnetism and, um, and people were drawn to her and she was very powerful. Mm 
Um, and she owned her power. But there were so many other people besides Cleopatra. There's Theodora. Theodora, she was like, uh, she was <laughs> she was a street performer and a hooker and an actress. And it was illegal <laughs> at the time for anyone in royalty to marry an actress. Don't tell Prince Harry. But <laughs> <laughs> so Theodora, he, you know, she became a concubine because at the time, um, many, many women who were unmarried were concubines, but also often these concubines were allowed to be educated so that they could have conversations with men and be escorts. Um, those were heteri uh, in, in Greece and they were, and some were highly educated. Um, anyway, so there's, there's also famous heteri as well. So, but anyway, Theodora, she turns out to be fairly educated. She has, she falls in love with Justinian um, who ends up to becoming king and she she starts making strides for women's rights um and and actually for sex workers as well wow. uh for female sex sex workers and um and at one point she even ruled while her uh husband was on the throne so i mean i mean he was sick and she she ruled yeah. so she um She's pretty amazing. You can do a little work. And then, of course, of course, um, a tell-all book was written about her um, and what a whore she was. And, like, you know, it's just everything was, you know, scandalized. And um, But, you know, there's there's so much more of our women's history do we don't know. And that, in part, that was a part of why I have become so passionate about this. And why don't we know women's history? Because women's voices were erased. And, and women just like Hillary Clinton was uh, almost called a witch in a way, you know, uh, the, the way that, that people spoke about her is the same way that women have been spoken about since the beginning of time. Oh, you speak out and you say something different and you want to make change? You must be a witch. Yep. First woman who ever ran for, for president, Victoria Woodhull. They called her a witch too. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation with Laura Bell Bundy. This is the end of part one, but you can download part two wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.